Hello everyone. Welcome to another exclusive podcast from Pituitary World News. I'm JD Fascinetti. Today we're going to talk about an organization called the World Alliance of Pituitary Organizations, WAPO for short. WAPO is a global organization whose primary objective is to support patients' advocacy organizations worldwide. And I have with me today two of its board members to tell us all about it. As always, if you'd like to learn more about WAPO and how to become a member, we have a link in the News from Around the World section in the Pituitary World News website, or you can visit WAPO's website at wapo.org, that is W-A-P-O dot O-R-G. Here's today's podcast. Good morning again. I'm here with Sheila Kawaja and Muriel Marks. Sheila is in Italy and Muriel is in Amsterdam. And I'm uh, amazed at this technology every time I use it, even though we've been using it now for many, many years, but it's so easy for us to get together and chat. Uh, as I told you, they're both in, on the board of directors of WAPO. And today we're going to chat a little bit about WAPO as an organization and its objectives and how it came about. So why uh, the WAPO stands for the World Alliance of Pituitary Organizations. And it's an organization of organizations. So there are many, many advocacy groups that work together to make life better for pituitary patients. And that is a wonderful thing. And I should disclose that we are a partner member of Pituitary World News, and I'm very proud to serve on the board of the director of board of directors as well. So good morning. And how is how's everybody today? Good. Great. Okay. We're fine. Thank you. Thanks, Thank so, you. thanks for taking the time for doing this. I think it's going to be fun. So um, why don't you tell me how WAPO came about? How did that happen uh, um, originally? What was the original idea and who was involved? Sheila, why don't you start? I think Moriel is the historian. Yeah, okay. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Well, let, let me start. Uh, in the early days of 2012, um, Novartis uh, originated the, the first patient advocates meeting. And um, they invited several uh, patient advocates who were working global or were, were in Europe uh, to join a two-day meeting in Zurich. And I've joined in 2013. Uh, that was the only one, only meeting in Rome. And from there, it was an annual meeting with the same group of patient advocates. And uh, also, WAPO became involved in the program and supporting the program uh, with a small group. And um, in near, well, we, we had a meeting in uh, October 2014. And there Novartis had to say that we needed to find another group of sponsors to, to do it uh, in, in collaboration altogether, or we could do it ourselves or it would end. And uh, with the same group we were working already with, we, we decided to organize our own uh, organization for patients. And we uh, discussed this as well with the group at the Novartis meeting and they accepted. So. I think with five people, we started then to uh, all, to look into what an organization needed to uh, have to start. 
and uh, the Dutch Adrenal Society was very uh, helpful and they uh, supported us with the first uh, loan to to go to the uh, uh, to the notary to to go to the Chamber of Commerce to start a bank account and from there uh, it all started and finally we had our first. Uh, uh, summit in May 2016, yes. where remember, we were. I remember noticing that, even though we were not members yet, but I remember seeing that, and I said, "What a good idea this is to get everybody together." So, when you started, was there an idea of how the the organization was going to be shaped, and the sort of things we were going to do? Or did that evolve as you as we, as the as the organization matured? Yeah, uh, we we had an idea, but during the years it, it changed and it improved, and there were more contributions by other patient organizations. We learned from them; they learned from us, and that's how we were evolving in in our existence. Yeah. So now, tell me, tell tell us uh, how it's grown to how many people, how many organizations, and. Uh, uh, so our so our audience knows what we're truly dealing now with a with a global organization. Well, I think at the beginning we had around nineteen patient organizations, and from there, at this moment, we have uh, we represent thirty seven patient organizations, and we have two three organizations. Uh, waiting for approval of their membership. So we are really growing and. Uh, Looking, we main at this moment we are mainly focusing on acromegaly and Cushing's, but we intend to to attract more uh, pituitary diseases sure, sure. to, to collaborate because yeah, because those are the two that get most attention. But there are many and many many groups also that are are in in lot of need. So one of the challenges must be languages. I would I would assume. Uh, and uh, so, how how do you how do you deal with that? Um, uh, and what what are some of the some of the challenges there? Uh, so, um, challenges are a huge um, issue for us because we want to ensure that our community understands the uh, important information we share. And especially when it comes to awareness campaigns. <clears throat> Last year, we did an acromegaly campaign where we um, translated the, um, the text in the campaign um, in diverse languages. And that ha was a huge success. And we quickly became aware of the fact that if we want to make an impact, it was important to have different languages at the service um, for, of our community during our summit. And so uh, we always have uh, Spanish to English mm -hmm. in our summit. That's a standard. And for our upcoming uh, e-summit, we have added uh, additional languages because we want to reach out uh, to have a much wider outreach. So beyond the languages, what do you see as other significant challenges of a global organization, particularly when it comes to maybe the challenges of pituitary patients worldwide? Um, one of the things that really impressed me was 
um, the ability to actually understand the global picture. You know, so we know what's going on in certain countries and maybe what the needs may be. Uh, and that's something that, you know, a global organization like WAPO can do. But what do you see as the significant challenges as the, as the organization moves forward? I think the health systems in each country, in each region, are a huge challenge, uh, something that we uh, often come across and sometimes that uh, puts a stop to our initiatives. Um, but then we turn to the patient community and we try to help them in another way. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, um, there is the lack of uh, treatment or access to medicines. And not every country or region in the world is as fortunate as some countries in the Western course, Hemisphere. Not every country has universal health coverage. In addition to that, um, I also think some countries are so stretched that uh, it's also difficult for patients to to get to hospitals nearby who are also specialized in pituitary mm -hmm. diseases. And that's so important. Um, we know from our member in Argentina that they did sessions with doctors and traveling from town to town to instruct doctors, but also inform patients about their treatment and ab about their disease yeah. because well, that, you know, that is there is an, an enormous lack of information and, and knowledge uh, among patients. And it also depends on the region where you live. That That's really yeah, a fact. Yeah. You know, that is even true for, the, for uh, our, you know, developed countries where endocrinologists are very good at what they do, but they don't have the specialty of pituitary disease or these super, super specialists. So I think that's one of the things where um, uh, the lack of early diagnosis becomes a becomes an issue because they don't, they're not recognizing the disease. I can imagine in other parts of the world that gets amplified. Um, so, uh, I think in other parts of the world, there are other major issues than pituitary disorders. Sure. Um, if you think about uh, the Indian subcontinent, the main issues there are uh, perhaps diabetes, and malaria and other dis disorders mm -hmm. that have nothing to do with us. And quite frankly, the doctors make a choice. Yeah, of course, of course. It's just a question of how much, how much you can actually do in a day, no, it seems like. Yeah. So um, what, I know, I think we're touching a little bit on this, uh, but what do you see as, you know, WAPA moves forward, the significant challenges coming uh, maybe the barriers to opportunities, you know, as we move forward, what do you see those barriers being? Uh, things that could either derail the, the opportunities or that would make it more, make it harder for Guapo to be able to help in some of these areas. Um, well, sometimes it is difficult to, to help and, and also not everyone is using the same uh, way to communicate. Yeah, communication uh, is that some organizations deal. use or countries use a specific yeah. WhatsApp or others yeah. do. 
use email or it's all difficult and also the language to to communicate but we use uh, translation uh, uh, equipment for it um, but we at, at this moment we see that we are growing and that we are initiating more uh, activities which are really supporting our mm-hmm. members um, and like the translation, which Sheila meant already, um, uh, also we, we have started with a project uh, for two years, uh, for the upcoming year, sorry, uh, to, to support patient uh, organizations when they have a good project or a good pre- uh, best practice. And we try to discuss with them how they do it and what they do it. And if we are able, we will... Uh, we also have a financial support to the project because many organizations are not supported by government or in another way. And also pharma is not always available uh, to support them too. So you need to be at the right people to to support you. And it's really difficult to find organizations that maybe might be listening, will be listening to this podcast that might be either foundations that may be willing to, to have a chat with WAPO about how they could support uh, yeah. the, these, these opportunities. Um, if I may yeah. add um, to this, I think it's, I, I've seen the organization change over the years. The focus has changed. Uh, we went from um, trying to do everything possible to gain visibility because we were fresh. Sure. Um, and now we are really focusing on projects to help uh, the patient community around mm-hmm. the world. Um, I think the opportunities lie in how good we are able to listen and understand the needs of the community. And the challenges are something we can't really foresee. Mm-hmm but they will come along as we start to work on sure. projects. Well, yeah, it's, it's interesting that as, you know, an organization grows new opportunities, new membership, uh, new discussions and collaborations make all these ideas happen. One of the things that I think it's really cool is, you know, open-minded uh, ideas, you know, to say, how do you, how do you tackle these things differently, creatively? you know, yeah. to solve, to solve these problems. So um, I think the future for WAPA seems very bright. I, you know, we, we are very excited to be in part of it. So I'm, I'm glad that you guys are doing this. Um, so let's talk, let's shift a little bit about, because this has been in the mind of everybody. How do you think COVID-19 has affected the organization and the plans? Has that slowed things down or, um, we're just moving forward, you know. No, the, the, not not trying to try, trying to pay not too much attention to, just continue to get some things done. How do you how do you think that has affected us? Um, well, uh, as you very well know, we had to up and about just change the entire flagship event. Yeah, of course. And uh, and that was a major, major um, concern and, and a lot of work went into creating this e-summit. Yeah. Um, because we are a global organization, we are used to 
communicating via Zoom, Teams, whatever the platform yeah. is. So in under that perspective, nothing much has changed. Um, we have created uh, what we call the Global Cafe during the lockdown to reach out to whoever of our members wanted to reach out and just to listen, to change, you know, what's the situation in your country. And we learned a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, hadn't we done that, we wouldn't have learned about the situation in their country. Um, so under that aspect, we, we created this, this virtual platform, which I think we will perhaps pick up again um, yeah. in the winter during the dark months when we are more indoor than outdoor. Do you think uh, people are actually patients or obviously patient organizations, are they engaging more now than before or is it the same, it's just different? I think it's a lot yeah, more. Yeah, I, I think right. Also be- because um, many patients who couldn't be involved because they couldn't yeah. travel either because of their health or they, they didn't have any funding or they couldn't leave the family, whatever the situation. Now all it ha- it takes is the push of a button and maybe staying up late at night or early in the morning, but you are in the comfort of your home and you have nothing to worry about your health now even more with COVID. Yeah. So I think that is the way forward. I must say that... Um, I personally, but I think a lot of us also, uh, I miss the one-to-one interaction, the traveling, the expectation, the meeting with friends and discussions. And it has a completely different uh, vibe. And I think you get a lot more done in person than than, than through uh, a screen. It's very practical. Yes. There's no yeah. doubt about it. It is um, cost efficient. It is less time consuming, but you miss that human yeah. aspect. There's so, much, there's so much creativity that happens when you can get people together and discuss and mm-hmm. you're not, you know, it's, it's, it's just different, it's totally different. I totally yeah. agree with you. I miss it very much, although I'm sure that we will be doing Zooms for a while for, uh, still. So, yeah. so let's, yeah. since we have an audience that, that is listening to these, let's, if you, um, what would you tell organize, an organization is the reason they should engage with WAPO and become uh, part of, of WAPO? Um, and how do they get involved and, and how can they participate? We'll ask Muriel to, to um, tell it. Well, we, we have a membership committee and um, we welcome, first we welcomed officially established organizations. And since a couple of years, two years, I guess, uh, we also welcome Facebook groups who have several uh, patient members because the situation is different of in all course. countries and we want to to share our knowledge or projects we do with, with other organizations. We, we really need to work together and it, it's not the disease of one organization or the disease of another organization. We are all in this and we all need to work, collaborate here. Mm. And uh, there are many Facebook groups and 
sometimes you you write to them and they say, ask what's in it for me well okay then then you're not interested yeah. but some of them are and and we share information together and uh, that, that's most important to share knowledge that's very interesting of course and let me shift a little bit now and ask you other than money if you could control anything that would make a difference in the global arena for pituitary patients, what would it be? In my opinion, that would be sharing of knowledge and also uh, the latest, the outcomes of the latest clinical trials or, or uh, new knowledge, because it, it's difficult to get to this information. And if we work with the international organizations or, or medical uh, organizations that would be of great help and in that way we we can share more knowledge uh, and more information to to everyone and then it will be accessible for everyone and if everyone has the same information also treatment will improve to one kind of treatment to to many people and not only to the few living in a in a special uh, uh, part of the mm-hmm. world, but to every patient. So, if I so, I guess what I'm hearing you say is that if we, if if Boapa could come up with tools and resources mm-hmm. that make this easier to get the information out there and get it organized in a way that people can can use it, that would be a tremendous uh, step forward. I think uh, partly that's what's being accomplished. Uh, maybe it's sometimes a frustrating thing is that these things take time. <laughs> no? <laughs> yeah. True. Very yeah. true. Yeah. I, if I could do anything yeah. to help, I would bring in artificial intelligence Interesting. to um, anticipate or uh, have an earlier diagnosis. Oh, I think that would be That's my yeah. dream. Yeah. They got the pill now. Yes. Now well, I want an earlier let's, diagnosis. Let's get the AI people on it. Well, I, yes. I just want to thank you very much for taking the time. I think this is so cool that we can uh, uh, talk uh, to an audience and tell, and tell them about WAPA because I think it's such a great organization. And you both do such amazing work. And for me, it's been a pleasure thank being uh, involved in it. So I, I, I put that out there. So if there's anything, if there's nothing thank else... You. Thank you. Is there anything else that you would like to add? No, we would like to thank you for this oh, opportunity on behalf of the organization and, and the community. Thank you. thank you so much. Well, I look forward to, uh, to, to um, seeing you guys soon, I hope. You have been listening to another exclusive podcast from Pituitary World News. And stay tuned for more information on WAPO and the WAPO Summit coming up October 3rd. Please check on Pituitary World News for more information and how to register. Thank you for listening.